Welcome to the Gospel Addict Podcast. I'm Greg Bryan. And I'm Jim Resky. We're gospel addicts because we believe the gospel of Jesus isn't just good news, it's the best news ever. We're addicted to the gospel because it doesn't just start us out in the Christian life, it is the Christian life. Join us as we look at the Bible through the lens of the gospel. Thanks so much for listening. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Gospel Addict Podcast. Uh, I am one of your co-hosts, Jim Resky, and I'm joined with my other co-host, Greg Bryan. Greg, how are you doing tonight? Doing great, Jim. That's great. That's great, because tonight, Greg, is uh, one of my favorite uh, types of podcasts that we do. It's the debrief. It's the chance we get to go back and revisit the talks we've given and that we've already posted as podcasts on the channel and for us to talk about those talks the after talk the talk the after, after the talk the, the, the talk, talk you wish you would have given oh yes in your heart of hearts the talk you wish you had given so there's it's a, a talk for... there's the talk you prepare yeah there's the talk you deliver and then yep. there's the talk you wish you would have delivered and now with a podcast we get to do all three that's the beauty so uh we've already posted the uh the the prep talks and then the actual talks that we've given so uh, now we get to do to uh, talk about them and make amends for all our all our sins. So, so Greg, you gave a talk on Psalm one nineteen, and so I want to we'll talk about that a little bit, and then uh, I give it gave a talk on Ecclesiastes, and we'll do that uh, we'll do that next. Yeah. So my assignment was to speak on Psalms one hundred seven to one fifty, which is book five of the Psalms. That's right. And if that wasn't bad enough. Um, I mean, that's a lot, a lot of uh, material to cover. So right. what I chose to do is I gave a little brief overview of those Psalms. Um, but I focused most of my time on Psalm 119, because it's like the longest Psalm in the Bible. It was well, the longest chapter in the Bible. And it's uh, an amazing amazing um psalm because um i mean it's just the way it's written um i, I believe it's 176 verses mm -hmm. it covers the 22 letters of the hebrew alphabet every letter has eight verses and every of those eight verses starts with that particular letter of that of the hebrew alphabet so it was almost like a a teaching a tool um, for young kids to to learn the scriptures and the whole psalm is based on the scriptures there's only a few verses that don't really even mention god's word yeah so i call it a kaleidoscope to the glory and greatness of god's word yeah yeah i think and you brought that out so no you were when you were prepping was it hard to just zero in on Psalm 119? Were there other Psalms you say, you know, I wish I'd spend a little more time on something? Because you did bring up a couple other Psalms before you zeroed in on Psalm 119. Yeah, I mean, I love Psalm 139. Like, mm -hmm. that's like, I mean, we I could have spent the whole hour just on one, Psalm 139. You know, uh, at one point in my life, I memorized that whole Psalm. Did you really? Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, Lord, you've searched me and you know me, you know, when I sit and when I rise. Um, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You're familiar with all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely. Anyway, I'll spare you the. So that one was very tempting 
to uh, I mean I was I was kind of sad um, not to cover it but yeah. um there were two um big kind of regrets you know um things that I wish I would have done um that I, if I could go back and reteach it I would I would do differently oh yeah yeah. And um, the first one is I wish I would have brought out this point with Psalm 119. Um, if you look at the ver first verse of Psalm 119 and the last verse of Psalm 119, there's a very fascinating thing you can you can pick up. Verse one of Psalm 119, blessed are they whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. So he's talking about someone whose ways are blameless right? and someone who walks according to the law of the Lord, which is something we all want to do as followers right. of Christ. We want to we want to be those people. But the question is, can we ever really be blameless? And the answer kind of comes at the very last verse mm -hmm. of Psalm 119. And I wish I would have made this connection and brought this out. The last verse of Psalm 119 is kind of a strange one. It says, I have strayed like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I have not forgotten your commands. And so it's almost like he answers the question of, of verse 1 in his last verse, that we cannot be blameless. It's a, the only way we can be blameless is through Christ. And um, so I just... I just thought that was kind of fascinating. I wish I would have noticed those bookends, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, and kind of brought that point out. Did that come up in your Q&A though? I thought I remember did someone it else did It did come up in the, it did come up in the Q&A and that's when I thought like, oh, yeah. It's Why a great point. See that. <laughs> I wish I thought of that. <laughs> yeah, I w yeah, kind of like I wish I would have thought of it and I wish I would have brought it out because a lot of times when we read the scriptures, especially like in the Psalms and Proverbs, it always talks about a righteous person or right. um, a wise person versus a fool or a righteous right. person versus an unrighteous person. Um, and I love what Tim Keller says about this. He's like, you know, a righteous person is somebody who disadvantages themselves for the benefit of others. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Where, where, where an unrighteous person or an unwise person or a fool is somebody who disadvantages others for their own benefit. Yeah. And when you think about that, and so you can actually tie in like a blameless person would probably be somebody like that too, um, kind of fits in that same kind of category. And so there's nobody that is blameless. Right. Because we're all, we're all sinners. And it's just kind of fascinating because it, 176 verses about the importance of God's word. And the last verse is saying, I've strayed from your commands. Right, right, right. Yeah. So that yeah. was one of my big regrets, Jim. Um, as I I wish I would have, I wish I would have found that um and uh made it because it really just shows kind of what our podcast is all about, right? That um the gospel changes everything. Right. The gospel is the key to everything. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and it's very consistent with scripture. I mean, that whole perspective, there's no one who does good and sineth not, no, not one. 
right? So that you're right. Those verses about being blameless. Blessed is the blameless. Blessed are the righteous. If you don't get the gospel, you read those and say, oh, great. What hope is there for me? You know, yeah. I, or, I or, I, or you think that you, you think you are that person. Well, that's right. I got a lot like, to be proud like of. A lot of yeah. times when we read the scriptures, whenever it comes across a righteous person or a wise person or mm -hmm. a blameless person, we automatically put ourselves like, well, that must be me because I love God. Right, right, right. So I must, you know, and if you if you don't get the gospel, then then that's totally pride. That's totally spiritual right. pride. But if you get the gospel, you realize that you're only righteous, you're only wise, you're only blameless because of what Christ did, his sacrifice on the cross, his substitutionary atonement. Right. Um, we have his righteousness, his blamelessness. Right. Yeah. His yes. wisdom. In fact, in fact, when God looks at us, if he says we're blameless, it's not at all because of our record. It's his record that God is looking at. That's what substitutionary atonement means, right? So, but I thought you did bring up the last verse, didn't you? Is it just that you missed the connection with the first verse, the way to put them together? Is that because I thought I remember you yeah. saying, you talked about, you know, that I've gone astray like a lost sheep, seek your servant. So I thought. Yeah, yeah I think, I, I think you're right. It's just that I, it's one of those things where I wish I could have. It's so poignant. It's yeah. so perfect, right? The symmetry I, of it. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, the symmetry of it. Yeah. I um it right. it's one of those things and and we have this experience when you when you when you teach a lot, sometimes your best ideas come during your teaching. <laughs> well, that's a tough one because it then you're like, oh, is it it's really if it comes in your thought while you're your head while you're doing it, you're like, is that a rabbit hole I should go down? Is it a is it good? And it might sound brilliant in your head, but as soon as you say it, you realize, no, I'm just going on a rabbit hole. Now there's no resolution to this at all. And I should have not, I should have the mental discipline to not bring that up, you know? So, but sometimes, uh, you know, uh, I think, especially if you're teaching the word, maybe that's the Holy Spirit leading you to say, go down this other avenue. Um, but usually I think in, in when I'm teaching my, my, uh, it's too easy for me to go down rabbit holes and bring in stray thoughts that would just have no, it just become distractions. They have no resolution whatsoever. So, right. but I you know what you're saying. It's like, as soon as someone says that you're like, ah, yeah, that's right. Exactly. The first verse, the last verse tied together. Wish I'd said that. So anything else you regret? Anything else you'd look at Megan? I wish, wish I could be more clear on something or said well, something. I know you weren't, I know you weren't there for this talk, but one of the things I said is because some of the other guys, when they do their presentations, they have these amazing pictures. Like they find these really obscure Bible passages and they find, they find these amazing paintings of the, so one of the things I said in my talk is I said, you know, whenever I search Google for an image of like man carrying the ark stumbles, I come across pictures like, you know, that, that, that one that you see on the screen, Jim. Well, no, it's or, an audio only podcast. Now that you brought it up, right, you have to or, describe it for our listeners. How, how would you yeah, describe it's it? A, it's, it's a guy that's in a museum and is, and he's kind of knocking over a very super expensive vase with, with his behind and the vase is on its way to being destroyed and it's probably priceless, you know, or right. if I search Balaam's donkey, I get something like this. Which is, which is an elephant, an elephant that is like got its trunk laying on top of somebody's car, and the people in the car are like looking at the elephant and wondering if they're going to survive. Or if I search Road to Emmaus, I get your favorite picture, 
Right. (laughs) These two guys dressed up as clowns and they're walking around a corner, but they don't know it. But there's a guy walking on from the other corner and he's got this uh, he's got all these like pastries on this Cart. No, they're pies. That's the whole. That's the whole joke. There's a big rack full of pies. Clowns and rack pies full of pies. And the 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 beauty of the photograph is you're catching the moment when they're both on opposite sides of the of a corner. They don't see each other and they're about to collide. It's just the, it's the yeah. imminent collision that makes this the with the clowns and the pies. Yeah. That, it's like a know. disaster right waiting to happen. That's right. Exactly. And, um, All our listeners, it, I wish you could see it. Yeah, so, and it and it's and the faces on the clowns are hilarious. Did you get a good? I, so I wasn't there in purpose, person. I listened to it later. I listened to the audio. I heard laughter. Did you get a good laugh on that? Yeah, there was. Yeah, there was some. There was some good laughter. And I was in that one. That one actually, I had at the beginning of my presentation, but I, I realized it wasn't going to fit there, so I just kind of like, I I waited for the right time, which was during some of the Q and A. So yeah, that was. Maybe that was something that went well, but it was just more like comic relief. The the other thing that I wish I would have spent more time on is the um, the thought about Jesus in Psalm one nineteen. Um, oh, the ways that we see Jesus in Psalm one nineteen, you know, and just like the whole idea, like you know, Psalm one nineteen is all about the Word. God's right. word and how right. John chapter one says the word became flesh. You know, you did that. I remember you, you, you brought it. I, did, I didn't talk way. about it, but it, I, it was at the end. Yeah. And it's one of those things. I, I don't know. I just wish I kind of wish um, I wish I felt like I was rushed mm. and I didn't spend enough time fleshing it. Uh, like um, fleshing it out. Fleshing it out. The right. word became flesh. That's right. Um, but I thought I, I also thought I could I could have brought that in, yeah, much earlier. And so it felt like, and we all again, you know, when when you do a teaching, uh when you teach like like we're doing with, with this Bible study, and especially covering such big portions of scripture, you always have to have more material than you need. Because you don't want to run out of material. But then there's always, so there's always material that you have that you sometimes feel like, ah, oh, I wish I could have given that more time. So I, I was looking at my, looking at the clock and I realized, man, I didn't have, so I, I, I flew through it. Um, but I wish I would have spent more time on that. Well, for the sake of our listeners, if any of them are uh, leaders or teachers or uh, preachers, it's one thing if you're, preaching a sermon we're not preaching a sermon where you have you know, a time a target 25 minutes or, or even 45 minutes with no interruption at the end you just say let us pray it's a bible study now there's like a hundred guys who come in 20 or 20 or 30 on zoom and lots of commentary lots of questions but it's really an open forum so the timing of it is one of the larger challenges right you want to make sure you have plenty of time for people to make contributions and i think you did you did but Except I remember there was a lot of Q&A on the recording after it. So people had a lot to say about it. And, and um, so I think I think you left ample time. And I, I didn't it, when you and I want to tell you, when you spoke, it was two minutes into it. And I, I don't I hope the listeners felt this way. I'm sure they did. I you were, you were two minutes into it. I said, man, Greg is on. Greg is just nailing. I thought I thought your your voice was clear. 
it was authoritative. I felt you know, you were talking about, you felt like you had, I, it felt to me as a listener, because I wasn't there in person, I'm just listening to the recording, the way a lot of our podcast listeners are going to listen to it. Like this guy's got a command of the material. He's confident about what he wants to say, and he's going through it at a, the right, just the right pace. I I really liked it, Greg. I thought um, uh, I, I I thought it was just a, just a great talk, and the, and the presentation of it just as a just a pure rhetorical speaking matter. I thought just came off really well. Wow. Well, thank you for that. I I appreciate it, and I. I can only thank the Lord for that because, as you know, you and sometimes you and I will call each other the night before. That's right, <laughs> almost every time, actually. And and usually, usually we're both like, oh, this is the worst. Throwing <laughs> slides out, putting slides in. That's right. Changes. That's right. It's going to be a disaster, Greg. I just know it tomorrow. It's off. So we're, we're wondering whether or not we're going to sleep at all that night. I mean, so. I That's man, right. I I feel for pastors that preach every week. I mean, I can't imagine um, the pressure it's, that they they go through. Um, yeah, it was fun. Uh, last thing I'll say is, did you like my two stories about Psalm one nineteen? Well, Matthew Henry is that the the one the guy who uh, put off his execution long enough to get the. Um... No, that's George George Weishart. George Weishart was a bishop of Edinburgh in the seventeenth century. Right. And uh, he was another guy with the same name, right? He was condemned to death because of his faith. Right. But when he was when he was on the scaffold, he made use of a custom that allowed the condemned person to choose one psalm to be sung. <laughs> and he chose the longest. Who yeah, I can't believe he was the first one to do that. Everyone would choose Psalm 119. You right? would think so. You would think you so. Would think and, everybody would choose Psalm 119. And before two thirds of that psalm had been sung, his pardon arrived and his life was spared. So Psalm one eighteen literally saved his life. And the tradition ended that that day. <laughs> they That's said, "Yeah, the next guys, so oh no!" <laughs> you can quote every psalm except with Psalm one. That's right. There are limits. That's right. Last guy did that. No way. Well, and then Matthew Henry, who wrote the uh, commentary of the whole Bible, a classic, classic Bible commentary that you can find online for free. He was introduced by, by Psalm 119 by his father, Philip Henry, who challenged his children to, to take one verse of Psalm 119 and every morning and meditate on it. And so you would go through the whole Psalm 119 twice a year. Yeah. And um, his dad said to do this because this will help you fall in love with the scriptures, with all the scriptures. And, you know, so the th thinking is that that definitely made an impact on Matthew Henry's life so much so that he dedicated so much of his time to, to do a commentary on every verse of the Bible. Awesome. Um, so um, yeah, I love those two stories, but the the one about the, that, that is just nuts um, that this, that one guy, I couldn't imagine singing the Psalm. He must've known a, a pardons on its way. And if I could just stall a little longer. Um, right. Right? right. So, uh, and then there were people like Blaise Pascal, Will, uh, William Wilberforce, David Livingstone, who memorized, who, who have yeah. been, memorized all of Psalm 119. Boy, that's a, that's pretty yeah. cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. I remember you mentioning that. So, no, hey, I do have a question for you, though. Okay. You brought up Psalm 151 and the whole idea that it was, it's there and it's, but it's not canon. And I, I, to be honest, I, I got to be honest with you, I had never heard of Psalm 151 before. And so I remember you, you uh, reading it and talking about it. It's like a story about David. 
Um, and then you said it's not canon. Did you do you I understand like why is it not canon or why did people say it's not? Um it sounded like and I had maybe some of the listeners or maybe in the QA, I can't remember now if it came out too, but people other people seem familiar with it, but I'd never heard well, of someone before. So, um you find Psalm 151, and we call it Psalm 151 because it's a psalm really that doesn't have a number, right. but it, it's it's in the Greek translation of the Old Testament, which is the Septuagint, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's written by David, and it's it refers to the story of David and Goliath. It's kind of like a yeah his memory of slaying Goliath. Right. No, I remember you read it and I remember hearing it like, oh, and. Um, but and, so it, in traditional Judaism considers it part of the Apocrypha. OK. Um, but um, yeah, they just. I, it, it was never voted to be official part of the biblical canon. And I and I, I don't I think it's. If you read it, it really doesn't fit with the Psalms because it doesn't even read like like Psalm twenty three or right. um, it's it it almost fits better like in Chronicles or um, in you know Kings. Um, it it's interesting. It's probably for sure was written by David, and but there's nothing there's nothing anti biblical that that is in it. So it's like. Um, so I'm kind of glad um, it didn't make the cut. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's interesting because there are plenty of other places in other books where people break into song, like in Judges. I think Deborah, when she wins a battle with Barak, she goes into a long song in the book of Judges, and so. But that happens all over the Old Testament. So it could easily David talking about how he had you know killed Goliath could have easily been at another place in the old testament scriptures but you're right when you read it that doesn't sound like well the psalms are more like i'm pouring out my heart to god and and um you know emotionally connecting with god that's what makes this usually makes a psalm so great yeah so i think somebody found it i don't know if ezra you know i like the idea that ezra is the one who compiled all the psalms and put them together oh Oh. Um, i like that kind of thing and i also like the idea that ezra might have written psalm 119 yeah because of how devoted he was to to knowing god's word and to teaching it if he was if he was devoted to teaching it psalm 119 is written to be taught to to children thanks for listening to this episode of the gospel addict podcast feel free to contact us via email at gospeladdictpodcast at gmail.com Stay tuned for our next episode, and remember, on your worst days, you're never beyond the reach of God's grace, and on your best days, you're never beyond the need of God's grace. See you next time.